Before we start today's episode, there's something important for agencies seeking a reliable way to attract new business, especially during busy periods. I want to introduce you to Leaflow Sprint. It's an eight-week program that simplifies your marketing and consistently attracts the attention of potential clients without requiring a massive marketing budget or external sales teams. With my 17 years of experience in aiding agencies to gain visibility in new clients, this program offers a practical and effective approach to lead generation. Forget about unpredictable leads and embrace a method that works across different agency sizes. And if you're keen to learn more, you need to visit caffeine.club slash LFS. That's K-A-F-F-E-N dot C-L-U-B forward slash L for Lima, F for Foxtrot, S for Sierra. Now let's get into today's episode. Hi, everybody. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Ryan Shaw of London and Fitch. Ryan is the exec creative director in the London studio with 14 years of experience in both consumer and corporate branding across many markets, industries and clients. He has delivered a great variety of projects, including global identity programs, brand architecture, packaging design systems, retail design, environmental design, digital design, and airline branding. Previous clients include Etihad, Accenture, M&S, and Nestle. Ryan's projects have received many accolades over the years, not just in design, but also in effectiveness, which is, as you know, very important to me here at um, Caffeine. His approach to branding is centered around a single belief that people will never forget the way you make them feel, which is always driven by compelling strategy. So without further ado, over to Ryan. Thanks so much for joining us today, Ryan. Uh, nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So um, really, we're here today because we've got the shared cause of the Design Community Hub in common. And for those who don't know, this is a portal for everybody in design to talk to one another for help and advice, which quite frankly, I feel like has been required for many years, but I'm glad the pandemic's <laughs> brought its institution along. Uh it's a digital platform for professionals across the design world to give their time, knowledge, expertise, supporting the talented graduates and design professionals whose careers have been affected by the pandemic. And um, Landora and Fitch are really doing a lot to promote those, uh, the former group there, the talented graduates who may not have the foothold that previous generations have had the opportunity to have because of the effect of the pandemic. So before we get stuck into uh, what you guys are doing to support with that, can you share a little with us about the start of your career as an intern and how that opportunity presented itself? Yeah, of course. A pleasure. Uh, so I studied at Blackpool in the Fylde originally, um, a college, but then it was a renowned design school and photography. So we came from a kind of culture that was essentially just obsessed with creativity and the ability to express it. And um, much to my look, we had a fantastic relationship with um, one of the creative directors at Landor then. Um, and I managed to secure myself an internship uh, with Landor in 2007. Um, I, I have to say at the time, I was not a big agency fan. I was being very tactical. I wanted to get a big agency on my CV um, as I knew it would be a gateway into the rest of the design community. I thought it would be a fantastic way for me to get to probably one of the boutique agencies and, and really kind of hone my craft. 
Um, I got to say, first day, um, I really didn't know what to expect as it was a corporate agency. I turned up in a suit, much to feel <laughs> like a fool <laughs> by uh, 10 a.m. Um, but I immediately fell in love with the way that um, they approached design and branding because it was always strategy first. And I guess what I hadn't realized during my studies was actually how much of the the reason for being and the consumer insight and the getting to understand the needs of who you're designing for was actually really important to me because we'd never really studied strategy, right? Mm -hmm. But you kind of just intuitively do it as a creative. Um, So it became um, absolutely um, my kind of guiding light and in terms of, in terms of progression forward and I quickly changed my course. So um, within, within a few weeks I was, no longer looking for that kind of gateway into other agencies, but actually what can I do to, to cement a position with, with these guys? And I, I was fortunate enough to be given uh, the opportunity to work on live briefs and live work, which I think is so important for interns to do when and we do that to this day um, because hypothetical briefs don't really teach them anything. It's at the working with real client demands, uh, which we know can be completely um, out of the stratosphere sometime, are really what enables you to move from artist to designer, um, because there has to be a commerciality to what we do. Um, so yeah, I was lucky enough to then um, cement a junior position with them, which was in their packaging team at that time. And they were, I guess, um, we were a little more traditional back then. We had a corporate identity team. We had a uh, brand packaging team and we had an experience team. And um, I just wasn't happy with being constrained to one team. I mean, there were people within my business that had been there eight years within the pack team who had never talked to, talk to people within the corporate team. It's like this, this is not the future. We've got to bring everyone together and we've got to collaborate and just kind of become more multidisciplinary. And thank, thank, thankfully to Landor, they afforded me the opportunity to work, as, as you just read out there, from anything from packaging to um, the fabric design on airline seats through to orange juice bottle structures through to internal engagement programs for Singapore Airlines. And it's that variety um, of challenges that I can apply my creativity to and my design skills that ultimately keep me um, thriving and smiling and fun and happy every day. And also at Landor, because you've spent the majority of your career. In I, I have, Landor yeah. And now Landor Fit. This, this year is my, my 14th year. Um, I have been very lucky, as I said. I've worked in pretty much every market for them, including a five-month stint in South Africa very early in my career, which was an absolute dream, to, <laughs> to, to tell you the truth. So, yeah. And then most recently, I just finished a um, – I did um, just under two years in Singapore working in their um, Southeast Asian offer as well. So just a – you referenced something there and it just you started your career at a similar time to me my first role in London after graduating was 2007 as well and um I was working across multiple different marketing agencies in a new business consulting role um and I kind of saw 
noticed the same thing as you, which is that people were working in real silos in terms of the disciplines that they were working in, uh, which of course, the modern brand doesn't really afford us the opportunity anymore. And we really need to be thinking in a more merged and combined approach. Um, of course, you know, at Landor at the time, you had the opportunity because it's such a large uh, reputed organization and large enough that you did have those different um, areas and disciplines within the company. But for the, the graduates who are leaving and thinking about uh, potentially, they don't want to narrow things down too much just yet. I kind of think of the early stage of your career is like this, this extra kind of like foundation level where you need to experience as much as possible to understand what is the right fit for you. What would you encourage them to do in order not to narrow themselves down to a particular niche too soon, aside from find the land or? <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think it's a, a great question. And I mean, there's a lot of, um, I guess, agencies who are not really going to like my answer, but it is to get around and experience it. Um, it is a, it's a selfish time in your career. You've got to make sure that you are trialing and testing where you, uh, what makes you most happy in, in the world of creativity. Like I said, I was very fortunate. I was able to get that sense of experimentation within one business. Uh, but if you're not getting it, um, don't settle. Um, there's there's nothing worse than settling when it comes to design and creativity. You've got to make sure you're fed healthily and you come to come to work with a smile on your face every day. Because I think I genuinely believe if that if we're not having fun doing our work, then we are not producing the best work. What we do is supposed to be fun. Um, so yeah, get around. Be be a little bit of a player if you have to uh, and be selfish. There's plenty of time to be committed later on in your career. And I just underline that by saying I've got friends now in their mid to late thirties who would like to make a pivot in terms of the discipline design that they're working in. It's so much harder at this stage because not only do you have financial responsibilities, mortgages, kids, maybe even, et cetera. And so it's hard to take a step back in terms of your career, in terms of the financial ladder and start working your way up in another sector. It's just also from a confidence perspective, it's a real knock to be, to move back to like the rookie stage within a certain kind of field. So um, yeah, I think the time to do it is when you're younger, um, for sure. So fully support that mentality. Um, so can you tell us a bit more about what you're excited about with Landor and Fitch in the next few years? Yeah, I, I mean, I think we were burgeoning with um, just formidable talent right now. Um, we just brought these two, uh, reputed agencies together that are behemoths in their own own right and it's it's just incredibly inspiring to bring those two worlds together and and see what happens in that collision of brand design and brand experience design because we have um over the years we landor has kind of assimilated a few of the ways that fitch has kind of kind of projects that they've done in the past and same for Fitch they've done brand-led work in the past as well so to be able to bring a creative team together that has this this sense of reputation and drive is is incredibly exciting because I know now that we are finally at a point particularly in London where we can forge a relationship with a business and a brand and I genuinely believe that there isn't anything that we cannot do for that brand. Um, we have every skill set within our 
business and the creative thinking and strategic thinking to be able to be genuine partners to our clients. And that's genuinely exciting. When you're not just taking a piece of the pie, but you're actually absolutely creating those long-standing relationships that genuinely afford you real creative opportunity. Um, it's, it's exciting times. Yeah, absolutely. And I, the creative opportunity probably comes from that trusted relationship, knowing that you're a long-term brand guardian for the clients that you're working with rather than a project-by-project project basis kind of setup. So it's, um, it's yeah, absolutely. afford those kind of secure relationships over the long term. Um, something that I meant to ask you as well was, I, I wonder whether the um, the moving together of Landor and Fitch has affected this at all. How has your philosophy towards design developed over the course of your career so far? Because, um, you know, obviously there's a lot more to come. Um, how has that changed over the years? Um, I guess it has developed, um, but it hasn't necessarily changed course. I think from... From, very, from the very early days of being at college and, and university, we were always taught about the importance of the idea um, and being single-minded with the idea. Um, and that was absolutely true at Landor prior to the merger, and it was absolutely true at Fitch. We were both two creative cultures that were avid believers in idea first and execution second. Um, so we've been fortunate that bringing those two businesses together, we've been really coherent in, in our creative philosophy and thinking. Now, that being said, that's kind of the big kind of meta view, right? I mean, every creative have that has their own approach to creativity. And um, I guess mine it, it does really come back to something that you, you read out in my bio is that I, I really don't care how any specific single asset looks if it isn't provoking the reaction that we want in our end user, right? We, we're, we are about creating tangible moments of difference and relevance for our brands in people's lives. So we've got to be obsessed with making them feel it. And we've got to use any means of executional tools, whether it's technology, whether it's coding, whether it's a paintbrush, whether it's writing to ensure that our audience is feeling that. So I think that has always been my philosophy is to make them feel it. And I'm pretty sure it will always be my creative philosophy as well to, to ensure it. Uh, because I think it is, there's so much just brand pollution out there in the world. And I'm not saying that by any means we're an agency that hasn't contributed to it because you know what, we're a commercial business. We have to also hit our revenue targets, et cetera, et cetera. But it doesn't mean that that's single-handedly the only way we do business or actually that we fully subscribe to it. Um, it is absolutely about creating those meaningful emotional connections as, that create an impression in people's minds because ultimately that's where a brand lives, right? It lives in the mind of our consumers. Absolutely. And it's great to hear you tempering that single-mindedness in terms of your design philosophy with the commercial realities of working within an agency. And I think that's something that um, as a graduate, it's easy, easy, it's easy to get disillusioned with. You come in with the really principled way of doing things and then you realise actually from a commercial perspective, 
sometimes you do have to make sacrifices to the creative vision but that as long as you've got kind of got that north star of what you want to bring uh what you want to make the consumer feel and you know push for that at every occasion that's really your role um but you know it's not uni creative vision will get compromised by the client on occasion um you just got to try and be as polite and stubborn as possible (laughs) i guess i'm putting words in your mouth here (laughs) no you're absolutely right i mean you used the word um pivot earlier and we we often have to dance right it is about pivoting and pirouetting to to make sure that the client feels that they've also got skin in the game as well like i think one of the really interesting things in our industry now is our for the vast majority our clients are either very well and seasoned sorry well experienced and seasoned founders so they come from a, an incredible experience background they've got this then single minded vision that is so so unique and personal to them or they're ex-agency people and they believe that they know the way that things should go and that's when their things can get a little stubborn so being able to understand the politics of that relationship and ultimately how you put a different pivot on your story is, is a really important part of kind of advancing through through the ranks as well as you go from a graduate to a junior to an exec creative director it is really about how well you can tell that story and because that's that's the convincing point really absolutely some of the some of the um students that I guest lecture to are are listening to me because they've got a vision to start their own agency at, at a certain point and I'd say you know it's all the more relevant uh, that in your years of experience when you're working within another agency you're as t- attuned to the politics and all the other noise that's going on as possible because whether you remain within agency or you found your own understanding what's going on in the background and being able to navigate that is absolutely crucial to the success um, of your career um so at this stage i wondered if you could share a little bit more about brighter london and uh, the brief that you've put out to the um graduates and i think it's it's the people who are less than two years into the industry i think is how i've heard it described to me as the um kind of catchment area of people who can apply for this can you give me a bit yes. more information about it yeah of course so um a few years ago we we created a a piece of um literature called darker london and it, it was one of those ideas uh, that was just born purely in the creative studio, right? We we're, we're, we were all a restless bunch of individuals that were always looking for that next thing to do, that next thing to see. Because at the end of the day, we, we're all designers, creators. We need that sense of inspiration. You need to go and experience things. And that exchange of recommendations and the kind of underbelly of London and exploring that those bits that really get under your skin. Cause I, I really do think London is unlike any city for, for that reason. Um, we're like, we need to, we need to share this. We need to bring people on board and help us express it, but in turn help them uh, in their careers as well. So we worked with, um, with a university at the time with their illustration department to take some of the stories that we'd done and turn them into beautiful pieces of, of, of illustration. And at that point, we actually, it was probably the first time beyond like um, internships and things like that, where we like we were working with students in a way that wasn't DNAD or anything like that off of our own back. And we really, we got a lot from it. It felt 
incredibly rewarding to us as a business. Our design team loved that sense of mentorship and being back at the grassroots with the with the with the university students. Um, and ultimately, we won a series of awards for it as well because of that sense of um, good that was intrinsic in that exchange in helping them build their kind of credibility. Um, so um, we put um, our heads down, um, and it came very much from a conversation with Hiran. Um, one of our client directors uh, in the team, um, where we're coming up to this monumentous occasion of um, the end of lockdown. And we were like, wow, there's going to be some serious emotion that's expressed, some serious feeling expressed when those masks are off and people are reconnected. Um, there's never been a, a more important time for us actually to celebrate brighter London. Um, so we wanted to spin the darkness. It's it's the the B side of the story, if you will, in that in that sense. And um, we were like, okay, if we're going to do this, it's not something that we're going to do alone. Right? We're going to use this opportunity to help um, align to um, some of our other kind of objectives at the moment, which is to raise awareness for recent grads and and really give those guys a, a, a kind of a helping hand. So like we will put an open composition out to all university students um, and see what people contribute and then ultimately create a shortlist uh, from that shortlist pieces of work. We'll then create a digital experience so people can then create, uh, go and experience this moment in time of London, the, the point where lockdown was lifted and it become this kind of almost time capsule-esque um, kind of memorandum of that experience. Um, and yeah, ultimately that's that's how the brief was born and and the kind of the good the good um, reason that it came from uh, in in the first place. So yeah, as I said, the, the brief's open now. Um, we're incredibly excited to start to see what um, what um, gets um, inputted into the brief, the submissions, because it is anything goes. As long as you make us feel it, coming back to that um, that creative philosophy. We've got to look at the work and feel that sense of joy, that sense of optimism, that sense of passion, delight, whatever it is that those people are feeling at the time. It's just got to sing through, um, whether it's words, whether it's motion, whether it's sculpture. Um, we're, we're really looking forward to seeing um, inside the minds of the next um, generation of creatives. And my understanding is as well that it's not just limited to London is either it's, it's it's beyond that major cities who are reflective of the celebration this kind of brighter feeling after what feels like forever um Absolutely. and in the in the footnotes everybody who's listening um in the footnotes of the podcast and also in the blog post that accompanies this I'll put links through to where this brief sits on the internet um more information for you to read understanding of the submission guidelines, deadlines, and and yeah, everything that you need to know, but strongly recommend you go check it out because what did Darker London know? Did you guys win a Can Lion uh, for the project? You, you we uh, we were shortlisted at Can um, and Amazing. won um, a couple of other, like Creative Pool and a, f a, f a couple yeah. of other publication awards, yeah. So and, the goal you know, of this one is to get to Can for sure, which there's no better propellant for a graduate's creative career uh, than getting a, a glass lion is, is the goal. So uh, there's a few reasons to get involved in this, guys. 
number one, this is going to be produced into a book. Everybody's going to be credited. Um, Landor and Fitch are not taking the credit for your work. Your name will literally be published in there and that book will be circulated around. But not only that, you'll also be credited um, for whatever award, you know, part of the credits for whatever award is won. And, you know, no one's in a better position agency-wise to put forward and, and win awards than... Um, a dual behemoth, as you said yourself, like Landor and Fitch uh, come together as one. So I yeah, strongly recommend if for no other reason you uh, submit it because entirely selfishly, you know, you set yourself off on a great foot into your career, having already been a, a contributor to something that's won such prestigious awards, hopefully, fingers crossed, touching wood. Um, so I, I wondered then, and I've kind of alluded to it a little bit there, um, but what do you feel is the strongest way to draw attention to your skills and style as a design graduate, aside from, you know, hopefully winning a Kanban before you even <laughs> set foot into a studio? And I, I ask this, I'll just give a bit of context because I do um, guest lecturing to third year, fourth year students um, within graphics and illustration at five universities currently and probably six next year. Um, towards the end of their time at uni, just to kind of give them an overview of what they should be trying to pick up when it, com when it comes to uh, entering an agency and understanding the commercial side of the business so that they don't just get kind of protected away within the creative side. And, and often they ask me, and I don't think, I don't feel like I'm best placed to answer this, but they ask me really practical questions like, how do I submit my portfolio or how do I get the attention of people or how do I put myself forward? So in your position, what, you know, having been through that process yourself and now being the person who's kind of onboarding uh, graduates into internship roles with a view to employing them long-term, which is definitely a Landor Fitch um, uh, way of doing things. What, what do you think is the strongest way to draw attention to those skills and style as a graduate? Yeah, it's, it's a fantastic question because I think if you'd have asked me Prior to the pandemic, I would have said the good old fashioned desk drop, creating something physical, something memorable would would absolutely still be would have still been top of the list. But I guess as, as we've adapted um, into the new world, as we call it, recruitment has changed for us, actually, um, and really getting eyes on this future of talent has become more and more difficult. Um, but that being said, there is a bit of a reflection in that given all the successful interviews that we've done recently have been direct messages, either through social media or I actually call LinkedIn social media these days, directly to our senior designers, down to our DDs, down to even myself um, as ECD. Get just dropping as a message. Forget the corporate hierarchies or hello, sir, hello, madam, all of that stuff. Just get in touch. Show us how passionate you are. Show us who you are as a person, as an individual, and ultimately what you're going to bring to the team. And ultimately, what we what we pride ourselves on at Landor and Fitch is having a shoulder to shoulder um, studio. That there is no sense of hierarchy. We, we want that to be um, a really important part of our studio. So 
just just get in touch frankly i guess that's the new desk drop if, if you will it's the new direct mail isn't it, if you when, we're, it when we're not sat at our desks yeah sure. exactly <laughs> it yeah. poses lots of challenges in terms of recruitment and uh, new business that's for sure when you're not actually at yeah. your desk uh, no that's really good to know and i think that'll be really refreshing for a lot of uh, graduates to understand because that landscape as you say has changed in the last 18 months two years and I don't think the advice they're given necessarily reflects that. I don't think necessarily agencies have thought about how things have changed for them. So, um, yeah, good, good to hear you say that. And do you have any other tips for budding creatives that you'd like to put out there, things that you wish somebody had told you when you were setting foot into your career at the very start? Yeah, sure. Um, I guess I think we alluded to one earlier, and it was actually a piece of advice I, just, I gave to one of my juniors just earlier today, is when you when you join the agency or any agency at the very beginning do not let client comments feedback or that sense of um what's the word um agitation (laughs) just don't let it get to you just you've got to brush it off um in order to really do your job at that junior level you've got to be fearless and unfettered um in in your thinking like just don't concern yourself with with that um don't let them take your magic away um because it's hard to get back once it's it's been taken away be uh yeah. you have to be uncompromising and you know i think that's great advice for any stage in your career one of my old bosses always used to say and at the start I was like what's he on about and then as soon as i I kind of, it became relevant to me, something that I've reminded myself of constantly, which is when you're at work, it's always about the work, it's never personal. And you've just got to keep remembering that because it's such a subjective, uh, it's an area that is prone to so so much subjective criticism, especially when you're at concept stage, it's very easy to take things personally, but it's never about you. It's always about the work and just bear that in mind. Um, Yeah. Kind of further to your point, because uh, yeah, can, can take it to heart quite easily. Yeah. And to that seeing, point as well, oh, um, I was just going to say, like, um, I made a very conscious decision early on in my career as well. Whenever I was presenting my work, never to say I like it. Um, it was always because mm. of the reasons that it will work. Because I remember at the end of the day, we're in a commercial business, right? We've got to think about the reasons that our clients want to buy our work in the first place. And our ability to like the work or have preference to it internally is not important to them. You've really got to think about why it meets the brief. Um, So forget I like, forget I don't like. That's the subjectivity. Always be objective. And, you know, just to bring that back to 316, talk about your design philosophy, which is people never forget how the way that you make them feel. By feel, we mean uh, an emotion that moves them to to do something in this case, in this case, in the case of a lot of businesses that deal with kind of FMCG and consumer um, brand design, that is about purchasing ultimately, not to sound mercenary, but it's all about the bottom line and uh, a debate that I've had many a time with an ECD who's uh, several ECDs who are perhaps less enlightened than yourself in this respect is that, you know, the, the brief comes into the studio because that business has a commercial need. It's never because they just want it to look nicer. So um, yeah, just remember what the original client brief was, what the intention was behind it, what commercial effect they wanted to change and, and yeah, perhaps use that as the, um, the guiding uh, 
principles behind what you're presenting. So uh, you've kind of answered this already, but who else should get in contact with you aside from graduates and, you know, potentially via LinkedIn or the social media and you're also with your wider team, um, design directors, et cetera. Is there anybody else you want to hear from? Um, honestly, uh, for, for the brief, anybody who wants to help us succeed with it and um, promote it, um, I think it is um, for an incredibly good cause. So any help sharing and promoting would be usually appreciated from us. And I guess I'd, I'd take a, a minute to self, be selfish, as, as I said. Um, we, we've got a, a few open positions within our studio right now. Um, we've got a, a really um, fastly growing team. And anybody who's looking to, to really um, get into the creative game or pivot in the creative game, I would love to hear from them. Um, we're looking for that next generation. And if I'm, if I'm being candid, it's, it's being pretty tough right now. There's, there's a lot of people that are overly concerned with aesthetic and they've forgotten about the importance of the idea. Um, so we'd love to hear from you. Shameless plug there, but <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind. Um, and then there's the question, the final question that I ask everybody who um, comes and join us on here. Uh, what is your favorite business book or or design book or just resource? Actually, it doesn't even have to be a book. Is there something that you've kind of carried with you throughout your career that you refer oh, back yeah. to? Oh yeah, that's a brilliant question. Um, anything from the master Dave Trot. So whether it's Creative okay. Mischief or um, and yeah, Love Creative Blindness is latest is latest <laughs> one. Yeah, absolutely, okay. I was. Um, they <laughs> they're brilliant books. Um, I love his point of view on creativity, but most importantly, what he constantly reminds you of is forget the nonsense, forget the convolution. At the end of the day, we're selling to mom, we're selling to grandma, we're selling to dad. And if they can't understand it, then we ain't going to sell it to the client. Um, so it's just always a good read. Check him out on his blog and definitely buy his books. Really inspiring. That was great. Not read any of his stuff before, so it'll definitely be on my list too. Well, it was such a pleasure to speak to you today. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. And um, I really hope the graduates, recent graduates, graduates to be all take heed of the current brief that's out there you know unusually we we tend to interview people in a kind of evergreen sense where the content is going to be perennially relevant and there's an there's an element of what we're talking about here which you know has very hard deadline which is the fact that you need to create brighter london um but i think a lot of the principles here remain true so i'm hoping if any graduates listening in the future perhaps a year or two years time you know all this stuff is highly relevant really recommend you take it on board and you know see if landor and fitch are running another competition uh, of a similar kind um in the year that you're listening speaking to the future here that sounds really weird <laughs> <laughs> um so thank you so much ryan um for your time today absolute pleasure it's uh, been uh, really insightful Thank you. Just before we wrap up, I want to touch on a crucial opportunity for your agency's growth. As a creative agency, your primary focus should be on delivering exceptional work, not getting bogged down in sales and marketing. And that's where Leadflow Sprint comes in. It's an eight-week program designed to streamline your lead generation process, bringing in a steady flow of potential clients to you. No more struggling with the ups and downs of trying to gain the attention of new business. Our program includes hands-on support, including direct input on your copywriting, ensuring a bespoke approach to your lead generation needs. 
No more feeling stuck in the feast or famine cycle. Our real-time support, including direct feedback on tasks like copywriting, helps you to bid farewell to inconsistently and embrace a lead generation system that's tailored to your unique needs. Visit caffeine.club slash LFS. That's K-A-F-F-E-N dot C-L-U-B forward slash L for Lima, F for Foxtrot, S for Sierra.